I, after, after reading and listening and praying this week, I'm, I'm not sure you can tell, but I'm kind of excited about what we're going to talk about today and the next couple weeks. Uh, because as, as I've been looking at this, I believe that one of these three messages that you hear over the next three weeks, today, uh, a week from now, and a week from then, I believe as uh, uh, one of these messages could become for you, as Craig Rochelle calls, an anchor message. You know, all through our lives, we, we hear different messages. We, we, many of us, we hear a sermon every Sunday, or maybe even if you're listening to someone else during the week, you hear multiple, multiple preachers every week preach and bring the Word of God. But, but through our life, I think there are maybe a half a dozen messages that just really just hit us. And we hear that, and our... You know, not that our life doesn't change at other times, but we know absolutely for a fact from the moment we heard that sermon, God cut us to the heart and our life changed. It, it began to be transformed in, into something else. And I really believe that, that um, one of these three messages could be this for you. It could be one of those anchor messages that impacts your life and the trajectory of your life and actually changes your life for the better. Now, that also kind of steps up the expectation, doesn't it, a little bit? I didn't actually think about that until just now in this moment. Um, what I want to challenge us to do is begin to, to start praying three new prayers. If you haven't already, um, you know, start praying through the, the 21 dangerous prayers, which also will lead us through some of these things. Now, we're calling them dangerous prayers. They're, they're, not, they're, they're dangerous in a good way, okay? They're not dangerous in a scary, get hurt way. Um, but they're not safe either. Uh, you know, we, we, we call them dangerous prayers, but uh, what, what do we often pray for? You know, we often pray, God bless us. It's a pretty safe prayer. Uh, we often pray, God help us. That, that's good, right? It's a good prayer to pray, but, but it's very safe. God, protect us as we travel. Doubly safe. Um, but we're going to start praying these prayers. Um, now, there's some challenging prayers in here. Some will just be... Uh, some will just be... Uh, wow. I don't even get what that means. Anyway. Some will just be starting it today. That's what that's supposed to be. It says snagging. I didn't catch that word earlier. My apologies. Um, some of you are going to start today, and that's okay. In fact, that's great. I want you to start. I, I want you to hear the challenge today and start, start praying. For the next three messages, I want to arm us with three categories of prayers, and you'll, you'll get it as we go through it today. Um, so here's, here's how we're going to ask you to, to pray next week. Um, it could be an anchor prayer for you. We're going to talk about the dangerous prayer of asking God to break us. Now, that's pretty scary, and none of us really want to be broken. But if we think about it, and we, we're honest, we would admit that there's things in my life that I'm holding on to, and, and, and some of us would even say, I'm not going to let go of this. Uh, you know, you're going to have to pry my cold, dead fingers off of whatever this thing is. Well, you know what? That's an area that we need God to break us in. I mean, we, we need him to do that. And, uh, and that's, that's a good thing. That will, uh, that will help us to, uh, to grow. Um, because as we are broken, uh, as God takes us through that process, on the other side, there is a deep and real intimacy 
with God, a dependence on Him that we wouldn't have had before we were willing to pray that prayer. Week number four for for some of you, this might be it. It will uh, it will change the direction of your life. Actually, it's uh, we're going to pray. Send me, send me, and be willing to. As we pray that, whatever God says, if he says go somewhere or go do something, we don't say, oh, well, you know, on, on the other hand, God, it take, I take that back. Um, I, I don't want to do that. I mean, we, this, is, this is where the danger is. When we pray these prayers, God will answer them. God will answer them. And I believe in a clear way. And, uh, and then it will be up to us to... Uh, to do what he asks of us. Today, we're going to start with an equally dangerous prayer, and we're going to look at a prayer that David prayed, Psalm 139. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 139. Um, We're going to uh, begin reading in verse 23, and it will also be up on the the screen, but I want you to turn there, because you might be one of those people that underlines things in your Bible or writes in the margin, and I'm guessing there's going to be some things throughout the message today that you might want to to put in, in your Bible. And uh, here, here we have David praying this prayer after his enemies and God's enemies were on the attack, and they were accusing David of having wrong motives in the decisions that he was making. Have we ever had anybody question our motives over something? Have you ever questioned anybody else's motives over something? Uh, I think this is a great prayer to pray. This is what David prayed, a very dangerous prayer. He prayed, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That is a dangerous prayer. In order to digest this, I'm going to break it down into four this verse into four sections, okay? Um, And I think this will help us as we make this prayer a part of our regular life, too. Alright? The first thing that David prays is this, search my heart. Search my heart. He says it clearly, right there. And for some of you, you look at that and you go, well, why do I need to ask God that? Doesn't he already know everything about me? And besides that, you know, my heart is good. I mean, all of our hearts are good, right? Have you ever said something about someone, they did something or whatever, and you said, well, she had a good heart. She has a good heart. Well, that's actually not true. Um, None of us, none of us without Jesus have a good heart. In fact, Jeremiah 17.9 says this, The human heart is what? The most deceitful of all things. And desperately wicked. Ouch, Dave, you could have just skipped that verse today, right? I mean, who really knows how bad our hearts really are? We need to understand that without Christ, our heart is not a good heart. That we, that we deceive others and that we deceive ourselves. Now, I want to... I want to show our hands this morning. How many of you here this morning would say that you're a liar? Raise your hand. Okay, those of you that are raising your hand, keep them up. Hold them up high. Now, I want you to look around at the people that aren't raising their hand. (laughs) And I want you to say, liar, 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 liar. 
here's, here's the thing. I, I think we're all liars, and I think the most common lie that we tell is to ourselves. It's to ourselves. The heart is deceitful. We deceive ourselves. We lie to ourselves like, well, I don't need a lot. I don't need that much. Do we really believe that? Um, or I'm, I'm only going to have one drink. I'm not going to have too many drinks. Or I'm not full of pride. I can't help it that I'm better than everybody else, but I'm not full of pride. Um, I don't lust. I don't lust at all. I just appreciate my physiques. I'm not materialistic. I just need nice things. I'm not a gossip. Oh, I never gossip. I only tell people these things so that they can pray for all the bad stuff in everybody else's life. And, and so on. The heart is deceitful above all things, and we need a really dangerous prayer. When we pray, search my heart, it's a dangerous, God, it's a dangerous prayer because God is going to show you things in your heart that shouldn't be there. He's going to show you things in your heart, not to be cruel, but to bring us into a deeper intimacy with him as his Holy Spirit transforms us to be conformed to the image of Christ. It's a dangerous prayer, but it's one that will draw us closer to our Creator and our Savior. If we're willing to pray it. David prayed, search my heart. Then he essentially says this, reveal my, my fears. He says this in verse 23, search me God and know my heart, test me. And then he says, and know my anxious thoughts. Number two, reveal my fears. Let's ask God to reveal our fears. What is it that makes you anxious? A lot of times we don't even acknowledge things like that. We think, well, that's just a normal part of life, right? Worrying about this and worrying about that. Being anxious over this, that's nothing that, that isn't normal or common to any other person. What is, it that, what is it that makes you afraid? Now, I'm not talking about snakes and spiders or the man behind the shower curtain who is there in the dark waiting for you when you come into the bathroom. I'm not talking about that guy. I mean, I look every time and he's never been there yet, so... No, I'm, I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't even have a bathtub with a shower curtain in our house. Maybe it's because of that fear. I don't, I don't know. Um, but, but, but what is it that internally makes you afraid? Legitimately makes you afraid? What is it that makes you anxious? Are you afraid of losing your job? Afraid of not getting married by such and such an age or afraid of being stuck in the marriage that you're in and that it won't get any better? Afraid of the future? The unknown? Afraid of failing? Some people are afraid of succeeding. Afraid of loss? What, what if I lose somebody? What if, what if I lose something that I value so dearly? And why does this even matter? Why would we say, God, show me my anxious thoughts? Well, I would argue this. And if you're taking notes, jot this short little phrase down. 
what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. Think about that. What, what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. If I'm scared to death that my marriage isn't going to work, well, guess what? I need to trust God more with that thing. If, if I'm afraid that I'm, going, I'm not going to be able to pay the bills, am I really trusting God as my provider, or do I see that as my sole responsibility? It's all up to me. If I'm afraid that my children are in constant danger, am I trusting God with my children, wherever they are on the planet? Am I trusting Him with them? What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. God, reveal my fears, David says. Test me, God, and show me where my anxious thoughts fall. Now, I've been working on praying this prayer this week. Every day I've tried to start my prayer time with this dangerous prayer. Search me, God. Know my heart. Reveal my anxious thoughts. And, and honestly, I'm not sure I'm going to like some of the answers that I get. But you know what? I want to know the truth. I want to know. And I dare you. I double-dog dare you to start praying this prayer this week. Start praying this prayer this week. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. But why does what you fear matter? Because I think it shows us where we trust God the least. And then suddenly we recognize in this one area that I'm really, I'm really not trusting him. And suddenly you get down to the root of it and then God's word begins to speak to the root of that problem. And you begin to see the things that God is asking of you. And it becomes an anchor moment when we suddenly say, I'm going to take that step of faith. I'm going to trust him with this or I'm going to do what God is calling me to do. It's a dangerous prayer. And, and when you pray this prayer, God is going to reveal things about yourself that maybe you have been unwilling to admit for decades, for years. Because the most common lie we tell is often to ourselves. That's an issue for me. I've got this. I'm fine. I don't need any help. My wife said that to me this last week. She said, are you okay? How are you feeling? And I said, you know, I'm doing all right. And she said, that's what I'm afraid of. Search my heart, God. Reveal my fears. Number three is where it gets even a little bit more difficult, a little bit more personal. Number three, God, uncover my sin. Uncover my sins, God. This is what David prays. I love the courage that it takes to pray this dangerous prayer. He prays, God, see if there is any offensive way in me. You see, at this point, people are questioning his motives. And so David is, I think, actually questioning his motives too. God, are my motives pure? Is there something in my life that shouldn't be? 
instead of defending himself, he's getting on his knees before God. Show me, God, anything in my life that's inconsistent with your truth. Is there anything that I'm doing that's displeasing to you? Is there any offensive way in me? Because if you noticed, (laughs) when you look in that mirror in the morning or at night before you go to bed, it's kind of difficult for us to see our own sin. I mean, it's easy for us to hold up a mirror to all of those other people and go, see your sin, see your sin, see your sin. But it takes effort and submission to God to turn that mirror around and point it at us. Now, men, and I I don't necessarily mean this to be funny, this is one of the blessings that God gives us through our wife. And vice versa. See, I tell couples, I told a couple just this last week, you never know how selfish you are. You will never know how selfish you are until you get married. Why is that? Because this other person immediately becomes a mirror into your life. And they see things that you don't. That's hard. Oh, is it hard? But it's good. Now, wives, the same thing is true for you. Don't think it's only your responsibility (laughs) to show us things that we need to correct or fix. But, but don't we do that? I mean, oh, can you believe the way she walks down the street? Oh, or can you believe she would wear that in public? I mean, if I just had one moment to tell her what I really think or tell him what I really think, I would just let them have it. But me? No, 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 no. Bless Jesus, I am holy. Have you ever noticed that when we tend to accuse others, that we only excuse ourselves? We justify ourselves. I mean, it's, it's easy to see everyone's sin, but it's not so easy for us to see ours. That's why this is a dangerous prayer, because we want God to reveal to us the truth of our deceitful heart. I read this example this week, and this is not me, okay? A pastor, uh, he went off on a Sunday morning during his sermon, and he was kind of having fun, but he was also making fun of the way that some people drive. Uh, In fact, uh, he said, and and I've sort of changed it a little bit, have you ever been stuck, have you ever been stuck on on I-25 south of the border, traffic's not moving, and all of a sudden these people, these arrogant people, who do they think they are, pull out into the, into the median or the shoulder and drive by you. And you sit in your car and you think, oh no, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I'm a God-fearing person. I'm a faithful American. I'm not going to pull on the shoulder and drive down. I'm going to wait for all the traffic. Well, this pastor... Craig went off about this because it happened to him. He was stuck in traffic. He just went on this rant. That was on Sunday. Monday, 
the next day, he was driving to his office, and there was a wreck or something ahead on the road, and nobody was moving. And he's 50 feet from the turnoff into the church. And he's sitting there thinking, this is ridiculous. I can throw a tennis ball and hit the church. There wasn't a shoulder, but there was grass. And he said, the grass was actually the property of the church, so it's actually my grass. Next thing you know, he says, I'm just driving on the grass, passing all of these people, and I go into the parking lot. And there's a kid, his name is Alex, he says. He looks out the window of his dad's car with terror, and he says, Dad, there's one of those guys Pastor Craig hates. And he did a double take and he started crying. He said, there, that is Pastor Craig. Where did that come from? 24 hours later, less than that, he's he's rationalized, justifying his own personal actions, which he was judging just the day before. You all know that I'm a sports fan. And sometimes it can get emotional. And uh, a couple years ago, I felt like I was doing really good. You know, since that one ref stopped and yelled at me up in the stands, I felt like from then on I was going to make good decisions as a fan. No, that literally happened in a soccer game in Torrington. I I think he was a little sensitive, personally. But he did stop right there and look up and say, I don't want to hear any more from you. And I've told you my dad's not perfect. Years ago, dad was sitting in Lingo. Alvin was playing Lingo in basketball. And my dad, I could not believe how much he was yelling at the refs. And I turned to him and said, Dad, if you don't stop, I'm moving. (laughs) Now he did, and I'm not sure he saw the deceitfulness and the harshness of his heart in that moment in time. So I, I, I really, really, really do try, but sometimes... So I was at a basketball game in, actually, KC, and I was sitting behind this family and uh, a family that I was slowly building a relationship with and uh, at one point in the game the husband turns around to me and said I thought you were a pastor (laughs) it sounds funny and 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 we can say oh yeah that's really funny but ouch right now, did I need to hear that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely did. I try to be much more kind and political when I suggest to a referee that maybe that call was not really correct and try to recognize that they're humans too and that they're doing the best job that they can and they have bad days just like we have bad days and you know, sometimes they forget their glasses at home or 
or uh, <laughs> things like that. Our heart is deceitful above all things. And the most common lies we tell are to ourselves. They really are. That's why it takes tremendous courage to pray, search my heart, God, test me, know my anxious thoughts, see if there is any offensive way in me. And this can be one of the most game-changing prayers that we ever pray. When we give God permission to point out the sin that already exists in our life, we just don't see it. To hold up a mirror before us and help us to see it. Uncover my sins. Now there's three questions that really help you with self-awareness. The first question is to ask this. What are others trying to tell me? What are other people trying to tell me? Have you had multiple people in the course of a day or a week tell you sort of the same thing, sort of this criticism about you or something that they see in your personality or in your integrity or whatever? If there's multiple people telling you the same thing, I think maybe you need to take it into consideration that there's something that you're not seeing. Maybe it's how you talk to people or what you say or, or, or some of those things, but I think we need to pay close attention to that. The second question is this. What have I rationalized for some time? In other words, uh, yeah, this may not be right, but it's really not that big a deal. And, and this is just how I deal with things. Do you tell yourself that often about a particular thing when you know that, it's, that God is probably not happy with this? But you continue to rationalize it or just, just say, well, this is how I cope or it's nobody else's business anyway. It's really not hurting anybody. Common phrases used when we justify things. This is my one thing. I've given God everything else, but this is my one thing. What do we rationalize? And then the third question is this. Where am I most defensive? When somebody tells you something, do you, do you immediately say, oh, no, we're not going there. Not going to talk about it. No, nope, I don't have a problem with that. Don't judge me. Back off, buddy. I told you we're not talking about that. Where, where are you most defensive? I mean, I can think of a lot of things in my life that I held on to and held on to and justified and made excuses for. God was faithful, he was persistent, and I finally relented. In fact, um, my wife has told me more than once in my life, David, you're working too much. You need to spend more time with your kids. I, I can think of at least six times my wife has said that to me over the course of raising my children. And the first time she told me that, you know what I did? I justified myself. I said, I have to do this. This is my job. I mean, what do you want me to do? Not do this or not do that? I mean, think about this. Now, I, I want to say that Sarah... Sarah did take into consideration those times in my life where it was a season. I mean... You know, I, Sarah, I can't tell this family, yeah, I'm sorry so-and-so died, I can't come see them right now. I mean, I, the, you know, there's periods of time, there's things that my job absolutely dictates that, that I have to spend a lot, of, a lot of time doing this. 
but there, the majority of the time when she would say that, my response had to be, you're right. You're right. She was right. That's what I needed to hear. You see, God used Sarah to get through to me. Now, when we have the courage to pray this prayer, see if there be any offensive way in me, let me make you a promise. God will show you. He'll show you. That's what makes it such a dangerous prayer. And when he does, we need to have the courage to confess when God shows us something. Now, there's, there's two different types of confessing we confess to God. God says that, that when we uh, confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us of our sins, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. confess to God for forgiveness. We are also commanded to confess to people. James 5.16, I read the end of it last week. The beginning of that says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's one reason why our close relationships and small group Bible studies are so important. We, we grow in that fellowship and we get comfortable and we trust each other and we become transparent. And then we start being willing to say or we realize in those groups that I'm really not, all these people aren't perfect and I'm not perfect and we're sharing with each other the things that we're imperfect in and we're praying for each other and, and we can ask people to help keep us accountable in all of those things and God uses that to transform our lives. Now, when I put all of these things together that I just told you, it points to this, and I'm talking about myself. David, you're a fake. You're performing for people. Now, I saw this back in high school. I can, I can look through my entire life, and I can see that, that I don't know that my parents grew me up to, to be a performer, uh, or a competitor. Uh, but, but those natural parts of who I was created to be, I gravitate to those. And they become everything for me. I mean, I don't want to fail. I don't want to let people down. I want to live up to people's expectations. I don't want to be inadequate because I don't want other people to think that I don't have what it takes. I mean, I've often thought to myself, well, I can do anything. And if I've never done it yet, I'll give it a shot. I'll probably be pretty good at it. I think that way. Performing for people. And when you add all of these things up, what I see is for the vast majority of my life, I've battled two things. The feeling of inadequacy and living for the approval of people. Instead of living for the approval of God. That's hard. 
constantly growing in that area, and I've grown leaps and bounds in the in the patience and the love and the grace and the mercy of this church in the last 27 years. But trust me when I tell you, it is still a struggle. It is still one of those things that if I'm not praying dangerously, I just fall right back into it. And off I go. It's only because of the work of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ in my life that there's any maturity that's happening. And it's only because I constantly surrender my power, my pride, my arrogance to God, and realize that ultimately the truth is I am weak. And my heart is deceitful. Now, what does this do? points me to Jesus. When you and I recognize that our heart is deceitful and that we are weak and that we can't do this in our, on our own and that we need other people and that we need to confess to God and we need to confess one to another, what that does is it puts us in a position of weakness which is exactly where God wants us and where we need to be because that's who we are. Our need will always point us to the area where we must call on and learn to depend on Jesus Christ, whatever he shows you when you pray this dangerous prayer. I'm addicted. I won't admit it, but I'm addicted. Listen, if that's you, you need his power to overcome that addiction, whatever it might be. I'm full of pride. You need his power to be humbled and depend on him. I've got a lust issue and it's out of control. You need to, the truth to renew your mind and transform your heart. I'm materialistic. I, I'm loving the things of this world. You need to fall so in love with Jesus that, this world is, that you recognize that this world is not your home and it doesn't matter what you have as long as you have him. It always, whatever it is, it always points to our need for Jesus Christ. It's a dangerous prayer. It takes courage to pray it. But when you do, when we do, God will show us things about ourselves that we're not really that proud of. But there's always grace. God is there transforming. Then David, at the end, what did he pray? He prays number four. Lead me. Lead me. When you show me, God, what I don't like about myself, and you show me what needs to be changed now, lead me into the way everlasting. Verse 24, he says, See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. When you have the courage to pray that dangerous prayer, God will show you he will reveal to you what you need to hear. When you pray, Jesus, I need your help. I need your power. I need your grace. I need your freedom. So for me, it, it would look something like this. 
Jesus, my identity must be completely in you because I refuse to perform for people. Jesus, I want to live for only you. Help me to live for an audience of one by knowing so much who I am in you that my security is in you, Jesus, and you alone. And when we pray that kind of prayer, it will show us our need and take us directly to Jesus, and we let Jesus meet that need and conform us to his image. It's a dangerous prayer, but it's a prayer that can transform our lives. Let's pray. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would do a work in us. And God, I thank you that there are a few people today that this will become an anchor message. I, th I thank you for the work that you've done in my own heart. And, and when others start to pray and seek you, they're going to, you're going to show them something in their life that, that you're going to transform. You're going to lead them in a way that takes them out of bondage and brings them into the life that, that you have planned for them. God, we thank you that they'll have the courage to ask for help. God, we thank you. Give us all the courage to pray. Search us, God. Give us the courage to trust you to reveal whatever it is in us that we need to change. Maybe you're here today or listening online and, and you're not a church person. In fact, you're here today and you have no idea why you even came. Maybe just with someone and that's okay. I, I want to challenge you to pray this as well. Ask God to search you. Ask him to show you what you should do next. He will. He will show you. And would you all pray this in your heart with me this morning? I'm in. I'm ready to pray some dangerous prayers. And this week, I'm going to ask God every single day to search me. And I will listen for what he shows me and be faithful to where he leads me. Amen.